Welcome to Pass the Bullshit with Crystal Tosh and Amy Hartman, two badass business rebels serving up one steaming pile of bullshit a week so you don't fall face first into it. So I have something brand new that I got from a comic book store. I took my kids to a comic book store because it's my son's birthday and that's where he wanted to go. And I found a bullshit button and it has five bullshit things. Bullshit detected. Take precautions. <laughs> and just because no one can see this but me, it is flashing red. Like it's like a red button. It's sort of like the, what was it? The easy, is it the easy, where is the button? Yeah. Easy button for staples, but it says bullshit on it. Yeah. And it has five different bullshit sayings. So I felt like it was appropriate. Um, also, I like to press the button when somebody is saying something stupid around me. <laughs> Actually, Amy pressed the button the other day when she was talking about some BS that, that someone sent her in a DM. So yeah. I this is what it's like to hang out with Amy now on Zoom is she gets, she has her button. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody, somebody had sent me a DM and I didn't like it. So I just pressed the button on them. <laughs> <laughs> she sent them a voice text with a bullshit recording. Bullshit recording. Love it. I love it. Yeah. So that's what's going on in my world. It's real exciting. Well, I'll tell you what's really exciting for me is I bought boxed wine last night. So oh here we God. are. I'm totally it's like, I know I actually po posted about it and I don't know why, but that post is very popular on Facebook. So I gotta say I've had boxed wine once before and it was ghastly. It was awful, but I had done a little reading and read that some new brands are on the market and like, they're not terrible. And so I decided to just try it. And I am a basic girl. I don't like dry wine I'm not a wine snob so I drink the sweet wines and it was pretty tasty I gotta be honest so I here we are drinking boxed wine I love sweet wine I'm all about that I am not about an expensive wine like I I know that that sounds terrible I should probably be more bougie but you know you like <laughs> like whatever I did see your post though and I did and it, and it said like judge me and I yeah. <laughs> I'm honestly not judging you necessarily for drinking the wine or the box wine, but really <laughs> like posting about it in front of people. <laughs> right, just letting them know. Yeah. The cats out of the bag, crystallized <laughs> box wine. Okay. Well, I'm going to just tell you guys a funny story because, well, that's what we're here for, right? A little bit yeah. of entertaining. So my husband and I don't drink that often. We're, we're, we're just not big drinkers and stuff. And so I bought the boxed wine. And so usually we buy a regular size bottle of wine and, you know, you can only drink so many glasses because it's gone and then you're not going to go back to the liquor store. So anyway, he got to talking on the phone last night and not paying attention to how much boxed wine he was drinking. And there's a significant chunk of boxed wine that is now gone and said husband has a gnarly headache. So boxed wine apparently causes some pretty good headaches. <laughs> so. <laughs> limit your boxed wine intake so limit the box wine intake and maybe don't post about it on social media <laughs> or maybe don't tell if don't if you want don't to tell it. people <laughs> well the coolest comment i saw was it works great in a backpack on like train trips to chicago Ooh. so where i live you can take a train ride on amtrak to chicago which 
that's a bit sketched say cam track but anyway uh, apparently some of the girls have done some girls trips and they put they take the wine out of the box and put it in a backpack and then they let the little you know what nice. is it things stick out and fill everybody's ass up so I love that I love that idea so yeah here in New England we can take train rides too to like see the changes of the leaves I wonder how that would go down with all boy (laughs) all the people y'all be like they're such pretty leaves everybody's drunk that is oh speaking of taking trips and doing fun things I don't know if you've read the news lately but we should all be very depressed and sad because apparently there's a recession coming but let's be honest I think things have already started inflation's out of control it is it is totally out of control like bacon is like 12 dollars or something ridiculous I just can't I can't with the price of things. I, I mean, I feel like we're kind of already there and we keep yeah. talking about the recession that's coming and it's coming. It's already here. It's been here for a while. I personally liked whenever the, you know, White House changed the definition of a recession. <laughs> They're just like, oh, we're just going to like go in here and change that because we don't want people to think we're in one. We're not, we're not in a recession until the new definition takes effect. Um, <laughs> what? Once that happens, we will be in a recession, which is which is an, a political or and and economic situation that doesn't have to affect you. Right. It doesn't have to affect you. I think that's a very good thing. Like you can sit around in fear and be scared and be like, oh, my God, did you know we're in a recession? And Jesus, you know, everything is so bad. And you can focus on that or you can decide to make some money. Yeah. And get proactive about it. So if we're saying that the recession hasn't arrived yet, or it's on its way, or maybe it has arrived and whatever it is, we can choose to live in fear and let whatever's happening outside of ourselves and outside of our homes, take control and take effect and affect our lives. Or we can operate from a place of, I am going to uh, not worry about what's happening outside of the, in the world. And I'm going to do what I need to do to make some money during this time, because there have been lots and lots and lots of people who have made lots and lots of money in a recession. And it's all about being smart. Yeah. Like Howard Hughes is one of those people that made a bunch of money. Yeah. The Carnegie's. And the next thing that I know anybody who's listening to this is probably yelling at their radio right now, or their, their radio. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, turn up the dial. We're on FM 22. Okay. (laughs) On their, whatever app you listen to the podcast on, you're probably yelling at it right now because you're like, well, those people already had money and they have investments and whatever, and they had real estate and this and that. And the reality is, is that that's not true. And it, you don't have to have a ton of money to take advantage of what does happen in a recession and to be able to, turn that situation around for you and to make more money during this time. I had looked up some, some people who made their fortunes during a recession. And one that I wanted to talk about was David Royce. He's the owner of Aptive Environmental. And the reason I want to talk about him is because he made his fortune during the 2009 recession. So this is like the last one that we had. So it's not like back in the great depression, right? It's like now within the past, like where nobody remembers. I mean, I bought my house and my first house in 2009. 
So I bought a house during a recession and that's actually how I've ended up making some money in the future too. So there you go. Exactly. So what I love about his story is that he founded Aptive Environmental, which is a pest control company right in the middle of the economic downturn. And so here's all the voices saying, yeah, but he had money to start a company and da, 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 da. That's not the point I want to bring out to this. It says that how he did it was by leaning in while others were fearful When companies started cutting costs, he beefed up his marketing, his training, and his recruiting efforts. So he did the opposite of what other people were doing, thought outside of the box, had a different idea, and really leaned into his marketing, which is the key to growth. You don't stop marketing. Companies do not stop marketing. In fact, they increase their marketing in a down economy. Smart companies do. Smart companies, yes, in a down (laughs) economy. They're not going to give up their budget. They're not going to cut that marketing budget. They're probably going to increase their marketing budget, right? Because that's how you get new people. That's how you grow a brand. That's how you get more money. Exactly. And the and the thing that these smart companies know is that people are going to buy, even they're going to buy things even in a even in a down economy. They still have to have food and gas and other things they still have to have healthcare and therapy and they're still gonna like get like this environmental guy I mean I guess he's like pest control right like that's the fancy word now for pest control and and things like that you do still don't want you know spiders sleeping in your bed even if the economy is bad people like you're you're gonna pay for it so guess what this guy took advantage of it and he built a company during a recession I mean I started my agency right before you know, the world shut down. Everybody thought I was insane. So, and I grew it and made more money than other people who've been in business for a while. So I think it, you know, you've got to kind of change your brain about how this is going to affect you. You can either pay attention to the news and be completely consumed, or you can like hit the high notes and at least know what's going on in the world and move on. Because if you read what, you, you know, this stuff every day, it, it just puts fear in you. And then you don't want to do anything, but close your fist up and hold on to what, you know, your money that you have and make it through whenever there's actually, if you're looking in the right places, a lot of opportunity to either grow something new or add a, another income stream and without a ton of extra work. For sure. Yeah. I think that, you know, the important thing here too, is that we're not oblivious to what's going on. So the BS about the recession, isn't that we don't believe a recession is coming or, you know, this is not about politics or, or the economy. We're not debating whether it is or whether it isn't, we're not going out there and analyzing, you know, the state of the economy and reading right. what economists have to say, because we really don't care. The no. point is, is that it mo- most likely based on what you're seeing already and what is coming and what we believe to be true, we are going to go into a downturn in our economy. And so we can, like we said, operate out of fear, get into a place to where we're not making the money that we need to make, be fearful and have a, a life that is not what we would desire it to be. Or we can say, you know what? cool. I hear that. I understand that that's what's going on. Let me think about how I can make money. What is the money maker in a down economy? When we are in a recession, what do I do about it? How do I do about it? Instead of sitting there and operating on a fear, just operate, just get busy, just move forward, make a decision and go and do it sooner rather than later. Well, and we're here to kind of bust up some myths too. 
that a business has to be selling a product or a service. Yes. There's this whole other business. Yes. An idea. And I think it's a huge misconception. Amy and I talk about this a lot because people don't realize what social media platforms are and how they're making money. Like it's kind of a missed what business principle, I guess. I mean, I was saying that I feel like everybody who wants to start specifically an online business thinks, okay, I'm going to start a Shopify store or I'm going to be a coach. (laughs) That's my two options. (laughs) Exactly. Or Etsy. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're selling a product that you you're either drop shipping or that you're making yourself, or you're starting a coaching business because we believe that in order to start a business, it doesn't cost us a ton of money to start. The best thing to do is to, you know, talk about what's inside of our head, which is fine. These are fine ways to start a business. However, we are starting to see the decline in some of these things. And to be honest, there are certain things that people cut out in the down economy. Like they're probably not buying as many like arts and crafty type things, decorations, handmade soaps. It becomes less, it becomes less important if it's organic goat's milk or if it's like suave from Walmart. Exactly. And that's not to take away from anybody's business or, or to say that I don't love those products Buy a lot of those things myself. But when we're looking at the masses during, during a recession, we've got to look at what kinds of things people do buy. So there's that kind of business, but then there's a whole other missed opportunity. And if you haven't paid attention, <laughs> let's fill you in. Right. <laughs> Facebook is not a nonprofit. Neither is Twitter. <laughs> Neither is Instagram. They're making a ton of money right about now. And they're Mm -hmm. not worried about any kind of downturn in the economy. And they're not selling a product. They're not selling a product. Or a service. Do you know what they're selling? I do, but I don't know if our listeners know. (laughs) They are selling you. Because you either sell a product or you sell an audience. So if you are participating in anything that is free out in the world, if you are reading blogs, if you are listening to podcasts, if you are getting on social media and participating in that activity, if you're listening to regular broadcast um, YouTube, yeah, YouTube or regular broadcast radio or regular broadcast TV, like not cable, but like the regular free stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. any of that that you're doing, it's it's not free because they're nonprofits unless it's PBS, but they're right. free. <laughs> it's free because they're selling you. They're selling the audience. They are selling to advertisers. And so there is nothing more beautiful going into a recession than the opportunity to think about starting an audience business as opposed to starting a business where you are selling a product or service sell an audience versus selling a product or service. And why do you think that people miss this? Do they think it's too hard? Do they think time involved? I think there's a lot of misconceptions because the truth is if you start a coaching business or a product-based business, you're still going to have the same, you know, build building of it for brand awareness and things. And you have to build an audience, but then you're trying to sell a product to that audience. Right. So you're almost doing both. You've got to do double mm-hmm. duty because you've got to build the audience to sell to, and then you've got to build the product to sell them. And then you also, like in the case of coaching and courses, you have to figure out where's the gap and how do you create the gap and how do I tell them what, but not how, like it's real complicated. 
It is. So like, how do I? It's do a I, lot more work than people think it is. Yeah, because how do I create enough of a of a gap? And then how do I write the copy for the sales page? And how do I write the emails for the nurture sequences and all of that? And so there's so much that goes into these coaching businesses, and all that stuff is important. Social media and and nurturing and all of that is still important. But I think that the main reason people don't understand it as a they haven't really ever thought about the fact that businesses are either selling they're either selling a product or service or they're selling you so I think it doesn't like dawn on a lot of people because if it did we might not be okay with it as a society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. but then also I think the the other part of it is that people think it's difficult to find the advertisers like okay so if I'm selling you then who am I selling you to I'm selling you to advertisers so advertisers want access to an audience so my job as a business owner who is owning a an audience business is to build an audience and to build an audience within a niche this is another important thing you've got to build an audience within a niche so you're going to target a certain niche of people and there's all different ways to niche that down, but you're going to target an audience within a niche and you're going to build an audience. And then the way that you make money is by selling access to that audience to advertisers. And I think a lot of people think that that's probably difficult or they wouldn't know where to start or that they would have to be like Facebook and build an advertising platform underneath it that could, you know, figure out the big data and know who, who to target. And so I think a lot of people don't realize just how simple it can be. Exactly. Well, and I think a way to relate this a bit so that people can understand is, you know, micro influencers, they like small markets. So if you think about your favorite Instagram girl, who's like showing you her Amazon shoes or whatever, well, that is, she's selling a product in a way like her links, but really she focused on building an audience that like her and like her content. So, and then people think, oh my gosh, well, that's really complicated. Like you said, to go out and get these brand deals, who am I going to, am I just going to email these people? They must get a thousand emails a day, but that's a total misconception because there's entire like platforms and networks where they come to you. Yes, exactly. And I want to go back to what we said. And the reason that we started with what happens in a recession is that smart companies increase their marketing. Well, guess where they put their marketing dollars? They put them into these platforms so that they can target the audiences that have been built. So you build the audience and then there are entire platforms that you can use or that are used with when it comes to things like podcasts and YouTube and all of that. You can use those platforms and their advertising and the advertisers come to you and they only put in a couple of things like we're looking for audiences of this type. So I'm looking for women in, in, you know, this age range and they'll find podcasts that target women in this age range that have a large following. And they'll just plug those ads in the front and you don't have to do anything, but keep building your audience, keep bringing people back. I always say on Facebook, people always say, well, I don't understand why, you know, they do it this way or that way, or they change the algorithm and they, they make it so that I can't see all of my friends post at once, or I only see ads or I only see this. The reason that they do that is because they have a job. Facebook's entire job is to build an audience and to keep them happy and to keep them on the newsfeed because ads run on the newsfeed. So the reason that they want people in the newsfeed and why they show only the top 25 post to you all the time. It's a formula. It's a formula that's created to keep you there because your attention is what they're selling. 
And so that's their whole job is to keep you there. So your whole job when you start a business like we're suggesting is that you build an audience and you keep bringing them back with interesting stuff. You know, you be interesting and entertaining or newsworthy or whatever it is, get your audience there. And there are entire platforms that, that will bring the advertisers to you so that you can make money. And then as you grow, there's other opportunities. Of course, you have a captive audience, you can sell them a product or service at that point. You have a captive audience, you can get speaking opportunities. You can get those brand deals and deal directly with the brand and create some advertising around that brand. There's other opportunities as your audience grows, but you don't have to start there. You can start small and you can take advantage of of the platforms that already exist. And let's say that in this economy, you were able to create an extra $1,000 a month. That's huge. Right. That's huge. And it's going to keep growing. Mm-hmm. I think that people think, oh my God, you know, I, I got to build this coaching or product business. And that is really overwhelming because you have so much to do and you have to convince the audience to buy your thing. If you're giving your your value and your genius and your creativity and your, your, you know, humor and whatever it is that you love to talk about. Trust me, there's more people that want to hear about it because there are some very niche type of audience-based businesses. You can talk about whatever you want. And if your focus is on creating that connection, you're really just growing an audience. You're being a people person, you're building a tribe, you're building a community and you have, don't have this pressure of buy my shit. Exactly. Yeah. You're not having to worry about it and you don't have to worry about, have I said too much or have I said too little? And so many people who I work with, so many people I've coached in the past have come to me and said, I'm so passionate about this or that, right? They, whatever it is they're passionate about, fill in the blank. And I just want to get it in front of more people. I just have this passion. I want to help women to grow their lives, to be better in life, whatever it is. They have a passion for this thing and they want to get it out there. And then the way that they choose to get it out there is through a coaching business. And I'm going to sell it to people so that I can help them transform their lives, which is awesome. But what if you just were able to give that away and you were able to build an audience by just saying, here's all the content I'm transforming lives. I'm making an impact on your life. And then And then you monetize that audience. I'm going to stop saying sell the audience because that sounds kind of gross. But It does, but it's true. Anybody who listens, watches, or participates in anything, I think, well, anybody who's a marketer understands it, we're the product. Like when you're scrolling Facebook, I'm the product. The more time I spend on my newsfeed, 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 I have not had boxed wine today. Just so everybody, you know, is the product. So I think that it would take the pressure off for a lot of very creative, very awesome people who have, you know, great value to add to this world. You just get to go be you and then sell, you know, better help ads on your podcast. I mean, I've listened to some lately that had those. And then there's actually other podcasters who pay to put their podcast commercials on your podcast. I mean, there is a whole world out there and really well-known brands I've heard on some not well-known podcasts. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I dabble and I try a lot of different ones. And there's a lot of commercials that I hear that I would have never really, I think, expected to hear them on there. So it's not as complicated as one thinks. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, 
we happen to love the podcasting industry. We both listen to podcasts. We both listen to books, as you know, if you've been listening for a while, you know, and if not, welcome. And, but we happen to love podcasts and we know that it's a really awesome opportunity for people to build their first audience business. And it's an easy one to get started. You don't have to really have any special equipment. You don't have to have special cameras or lighting or whatever. You just have to have, you know, a good to topic an engaging personality or the ability to kind of create that or bring a guest on that's going to help you to be engaging. And I think that that's something that also can be practiced and can come with time, but it's, it's a great way to get started. And especially right now, as you're looking forward and saying, Hmm, I think that we might be headed towards a recession. If we do head towards a recession, I could really use an additional stream of income or a stream of income that could supplement the business that I already have going on. So maybe you want to use it to grow the business that you already have, or maybe the business that you have is just not working that well. Maybe your coaching business is not selling as well as you would like it to. And you wanted to start this to see how it goes. I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty simple way to do that, to do that. And I, I would encourage you to think about this idea of in, instead of starting a coaching business or an Etsy business or a Shopify business, think about an audience that you could build with the knowledge, the insight, the fun that you have, the storytelling self that you have, the interests that you have. It doesn't matter what your podcast is about. There's podcasts about all kinds of things, whatever knowledge you have. There's podcasts about gaming. There's podcasts about real estate. There's podcasts about mortgages. There's podcasts about, you know, religion. I mean, you name it on a 14 hour drive to Denver, I dabbled in a lot of those. So <laughs> I ventured out of self-help genre and was listening to some other ones, true crime, of course, but literally there is anything that you want. It just becomes, I think too, uh, the thing about, you know, running a business, especially being a marketer is marketing is such a huge part of any business. And when you're just getting started, you're the content creator, you're the CEO, you're the marketer, you're, you know, you're everything you're delivering, you're, you're the coach. So, and it becomes hard to, I think for in the beginning for people to get out there and be like by myself, right? Like that feels icky to them and they have, they don't really understand how to master that. So it takes time. Whereas if you could take that pressure off and just be like, I created this awesome podcast. It's so great guys. I've got so many amazing things to say and it's free for you to listen to. You can go out and market the heck out of it and build, build your audience over time, which then you're going to make your money from the advertisers, not the not your audience. And you get to be really authentic and genuine when you say, come, come listen to what I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> no, you, no gimmicks. No, no buy my shit at the end. Exactly. You can share it. And so honestly, you know, when we're talking about the economy and we're starting to live this fear and all of that, well, I have news for you. Bullshit level, DEFCON 5. <laughs> DEFCON 5. That is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> total bullshit. That's total bullshit. We can get out there and live a life of abundance in the middle of a down economy. You can create that. If you are running a different kind of business and you're like, Hey, I'm just here for the awesome content that you guys provide. And I'm not really looking to start a new business. Cool. There's a piece of advice here for you. 
do not cut your marketing budget. If you're concerned about your business, don't be. Keep your marketing budget on point or increase your marketing budget. Get an expert to help you with your marketing. If you don't know what you're doing, if you need to get out there and get on, get your advertising on some podcasts, get with, with someone who can help you do that because that is the name of the game when it comes to really growing and keeping a business going during a downturn. So whether you're starting a new business, whether you have a business that you're concerned about, marketing is the name of the game across the board, no matter which way you look at it, no matter which side you're going to be on. And so we really want to encourage you to think about that as we go into this unknown future. Quote unquote. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Something's happened. You can't print money and then expect no inflation. I don't know. It's shocking how many people are like, I had no idea this was going to happen. Well, this is what happens when you print money. (laughs) And, and honestly, it just is where we are right now. And so instead of sitting around worrying about it or spending any amount of time and energy on that, spend your time thinking about how you're going to navigate those waters for yourself and your family. Because, you know, when it comes to money and family, nobody messes with those. And so don't let them mess with yours. And we want to help you with that. So Crystal and I have put together something so freaking amazing. And we are actually going to share with you a plan for how to start and launch and get off the ground with an audience business that uses a podcast as its primary audience growing place. And we are going to be sharing that with you. So look at the link in the, in the sec, in the geez, Louise. We'll hocus focus you a link. <laughs> Look at the link in the description of the podcast. There you go. And come join us. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Pass the Bullshit with Crystal Tosh and Amy Hartman. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.